0: I'm Dr. Jason Becta, and this is Out of the Basement, a podcast dedicated to practical radiation medicine. Today, we have episode number two of a three-part series, where Matt and I rant and rant and rant about IGRT choices and various other topics. I will go and upload the figures to Figshare. I don't believe I finished doing that, and then I will also release this on my Twitter, which is at Dr. DrBecta and then um i will release episode three shortly all right so uh we'll start episode two so, Well, then, then that gets an i love um yeah so now with time-based billing you know then because what so this is a great kind of segue to a whole other thing that i'll do at some point but the things that you think are rules and, and quote, unquote, laws and residency are not. And, uh, you know, if you yeah. read these regulations, so uh, where a lot of these things come from are CMS. So it really just depends on like what insurance the patient has. So yeah. CMS or the Center for Medicare, Medicaid Services, like they set a lot of the baseline rules. Uh, and, it, you know, you could go read if you just really are bored. You can go read all those for yourselves. But like what is an actual sort of kind of CMS rule versus what is an institutional policy versus what is a departmental policy versus what is a, a like who's faculty that day kind of policy. And there's, if you zoom all the way out in terms of, okay, what, what is, what am I going to do that like violates some sort of state or federal thing? There's very few, a lot of these are just kind of like, um, you know, left to the discretion of the physician, which is where at least that was the intent, but then it becomes like what, you know, how many committees can an institution put together to throw up red tape? um and then but you know that's that's the cms thing and then there's private payers and and so you know eva aim uhc they have their own sort of thing so um you know i think for me one of the things that is hard to adjust to and kind of when i talk to residents or hear people talk about or even just faculty who haven't left their institution like none of these things are like actual laws and i know we all slip into the word laws like um none of these things are laws and if you don't leave that sort of environment you don't know that and now now it was a lot easier kind of or not easier but like it was a lot more apparent 30 years ago where people forget the nccn guidelines are only built in 1996 so like pre-1996 there was much less standardization of care and there was a lot more kind of just uh, cowboy stuff and you know now i think with the interconnectedness of all these things and all these kind of um you know guidelines we start to assume that the way we have to do things you know the way we we're trained is just the way it's always got to be um and so not you know it's interesting when you're talk, talking about kind of going to the. and my reaction to, to that for anyone who's kind of like I I think it's totally fine because I think it's it's a fluid thing so I just I feel bad that you kind of had to get constrained because like how it works for me is I uh, I have kind of set things that I do but um if I feel like something about that patient warrants extra attention I just say you need to put this on a schedule and call me every single time this particular patient gets this treatment. So I, I have the ability to, to just set that um, because it's yeah. just me. Whereas if you're in a bigger place, you don't get to do that.
1: Yeah. And I should, like, it should be like, just because I'm sure somebody will listen, I should, I should say that part of that actually came from me because as like the, the chief of service, because when I, when we started implementing the five fraction sarcoma treatment, I didn't know what, to, like, I didn't, I couldn't decide really what to do, um, you know. So, Part of what's really important, I think, is that it's not, I I think the rules are important in that you stay, you stay legal, right? Or like stay within the regulations. But I think what's much more important from a new attending or resident perspective is kind of understanding what you're doing with these orders, right? So so with sarcoma, it's an interesting situation because extremities are particularly hard to set up. So you kind of want more oversight there. It is a higher dose per day, but the field is pretty big, right? So it's very unlikely you're going to miss so there's all these like competing factors and I think um, my, my, my feeling is Cleveland Clinic has it right. I think billing it as SBRT would be the way to go if I had to redo it but I struggled for this with this for a while um, and and it, and admittedly it was sort of loose where like if I had a clinic that was doing a lot of them and we and they did a really good job, I didn't like go to every treatment because I knew they would do a good job and, right. and that part, you know so
0: in an ideal world that's you know what what happens and that's yeah that's a whole other thing I personally feel like the um the Livy five fraction external beam brush should be built as SBRT and I know I'm not kind of groundbaking in that opinion and we'll see what happens over the next couple of years but um the yeah so I, I guess kind of that part of this was just definite things that words that you kind of hear bandied about yeah. in residency that you might not kind of know so EPID is um you know electronic portal imaging devices so Um, This is where it's funny because it depends on the the therapist that you work with, like when they trained and worked and stuff. So if you've got a therapist who's been doing it for 20, 30 years, they'll be like, "Okay, port films. Or I guess we probably all say that there are no port films anymore. Like port films are not a thing. Um, I call them that. (laughs) I call them that, too. Or I love one of my therapists will come get me and she'll be like, Jason, pre-ports. And uh, so what is a pre-port? That's not a thing. Um, but yeah, so the EPIDs have kind of um, replaced uh, port films, but we still call them port films. So then, um, you know, the classics for the older ones is 2D and 3D x-ray imaging. So you have KV, MV, and comb CT. So it's really interesting because a common piece of advice I got told for interviewing for jobs and residency was like, know the machines that your institution has because you're going to get asked about it. Um, Matt is shaking his head. Uh, well, so I will so I will say, Matt, uh, this this actually... Because so in my current department, I have a, a true beam, like a regular vanilla true beam. And then I have a 21 EX. The 21 EX only has MV imaging on it. So uh, it really limits what I'm able to do. So I don't have cone beam on that. I only have like MV, MV orthog. So like um, I don't like to put a lot of things on that that I need more delicate sort of precision for just because MV imaging only shows kind of, um, you know, bones. It's like not great. So to me, like uh, and I, I find that very interesting because like if it, it's. In terms of the interview question, in my what I was told and what my experience was, it was meant to be more of a conversation where I'm just genuinely curious. Um, yeah. But um, because it actually really affects how I'm able to practice
1: day to day. But Matt, you
0: shake your head because it's like scare tactics or what's?
1: Um... No, I think so. I actually maybe I misunderstood what you said at the top of that statement because I think it is important to understand the limitations of the technology. But I, I don't feel like it's so important like what brand people have or mm-hmm. like. Um, you know, that kind of a thing. I, I, I do think that uh, that knowing what the technology is and the and the limitations of it is really important. Um you know I just wanted to slip in something that's pretty funny. The um so where I trained they had that that Neutron machine. It actually oh, yeah. had port films. Like they had this it, like they had little cassettes and they'd like take them out of the thing and run it over to the little film thing. And like, they, yes, I actually have seen that, which is crazy because I don't know if anyone like I, I'm guessing like nobody has that now that they're or hopefully. They no. Really well.
0: I've seen it in the I did it in the lab, like during my PhD, because we had those like for certain experiments. But I've never seen that in, in, in so real even life.
1: Even your 21 uh, EX has has a has a epidural.
0: Yeah. The, it's the only thing. it Yeah. So it's got all that. It just doesn't have a KV. If it had a KV image, I would use it more. But um, yeah, so that's so um, when when you use those words, like KV, KV, MV, those are um, usually orthogonal pairs. Uh, and it depends. You can kind of specify this. Um, so the one thing I've learned, uh, we kind of I'll use, I, I, you know, you can do a lot of things. And, and that's kind of the message of all this is like there's no uh, hard and fast way to do anything, but especially just know that if you're going to, Get cute with like certain treatments or, or palliative stuff and you're not doing cone beams, usually, especially in the beginning for port films, like for however many beams you use, you're going to have that many uh, port films that your therapist need to to take. And so like if you're doing, you know, four or five whatever, like in a yeah. 3D plan, you're going to go and there's, you know, your therapists are going to be doing it for an hour and then you're going to have like 12 images to review after. Um, and so it does, it does matter. That's where I like to use the dynamic of so, the art. Yeah,
1: right? no. So I think what's, what's awesome is you have, I think these are great uh, terms and you have the important concepts on here. And I actually love to teach the kind of the comparison of the KV and the MV because I think everyone gets, gets this teaching in physics, right? Cause everyone sees the graph of the um, photon interactions and they understand why MVs are crappy and KVs look much better. Everyone seems to understand the physics of that. What I see people not understanding is how that impacts your day-to-day practice. And, and so when you're doing a palliative treatment and it's MV only, um, I, I, I tend to tell patients not to get cute with their volumes and have them be, have them be kind of generous and, and have it, you know, you give the therapist, uh space to work because you can see how hard it is to sort of set up um and I think if you have KVs and cone beam and things like that you can kind of get get a little uh tighter with things and and um I try to drive that point home because it definitely um impacts things one thing I also do is I try to send them to the machine for a very sick patient that's getting like eight times one and then if especially if it might be multiple beam angles and just to see how long it takes to shoot all of the setup films and all of the port films and next thing you know you're like a half hour in the patient's like complaining and and you know they're uncomfortable and so i think that keeping that in mind is is really important um i I laughed before because um i i've seen attendings that'll do like four fields for a spine treatment on a very sick patient and and you can everyone's just like pissed about it (laughs) so i feel like it's it's just important to to keep that in mind um and those are things that like you don't think about right because there's a lot of other stuff to think about too so it's easy to forget that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, never I, seen I completely it.
1: agree. But, means, yeah. I've never seen an MV comb. Uh, that's not true. They exist. Yeah. I yeah. haven't personally yeah. seen them. I've read Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, yeah, no, I think that was the, the major thing is, is so MV is easier to see bones. It's just kind of really not great in general. KV is better. comb beam is just, if you're going to do VMAT, do comb beam, just period. I've seen people not do that. Like, I don't know. I'm sure, I've, now that I said that, I'm sure somebody's going to fight me about that. In my opinion, uh if you're going to do vmat do cone beam daily that's just me you know you do you um well, but sure it depends you know. it depends what
1: you're treating right i mean
0: so i like it for yeah. well yeah so uh i think it's very important for like pelvis because of bladder and rectum filling so i don't yeah, use it yeah yeah, yeah. so for
1: me like really like,
0: yeah so like i know i don't like uh so so i know the did that poll about um fiducials and cone beam so i personally for uh, prostates i don't use fiducials i do daily cone beams um i you know i know people who do fiducials but they'll do like kbkb i i don't agree with doing fiducials and cone beam like i feel like that's just doing too much like i don't know really what you're gaining out of that but, so for me uh yeah because usually i'm doing so for definitive treatments which is what i usually do that for so definitive things in the pelvis because i always want to see the bladder and the rectum so whether that's prostate whether that's like um external beam endometrial like anything like that for lung um you know lung is debatable and i know i there's been like this all over on on sdn but like there's data. Me, there's data. yeah there's, there's i always do daily cone beams for definitive lung
1: that's just me, me too because there's actually data that if you line up to the tube like if you you know it's not it's Not shocking data, but if you line up to the tumor, then you people do better than if you line up to bones because you'll you'll see on the cone beams that, that the bones don't line up a lot of days, um, just because the tumors yep. move around and stuff. And you know, lungs are like crazy. If like I'm always chasing tumors around in the lungs, it's like yeah,
0: yeah, you're I feel like your 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 practice has been a little bit different, I think, than some of the rest of us. So that's but it's uh, or at least before now, you'll be kind of here, but yeah, so for um. Yeah. I guess to clarify the statement of, of doing company for, for VMAT, like yeah, pelvis, because I want to see filling and stuff. Uh, and then as Matt said for the lung, um, just because of tumor motion and then for head and neck, simply because if you're going to do the three millimeter PTB margin, like you gotta, it, you, in my opinion, it's not, not an option to do cone beam daily. Like you gotta do cone beam
1: daily. If you're going to do three millimeter PTB margins for a definitive head and neck, but, um, yeah. And all, all those things you're treating soft tissue, right? So that, that's the key is that it's the only way to see the soft tissue. And so, when I kind of talk about my imaging choice, I typically kind of try to teach that. If you're if you're treating a bone, um, I mean, there's exceptions, obviously. If you're SBRTing a bone, you probably should do cone beam. But but if you're treating a bone, like you you can see the bone with 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 MV or, or uh, KV, and so in that yeah. case, it's probably it's probably okay. Um, yeah. I like the orthogonal pair thing too. Like I mean, that's everyone gets that, but I I feel like people you know ju- we should just be explicit and say that. You really need both because you can't tell that you're in the right place with just one of them um, it's like that
0: meme have you seen the meme of like prince william coming out of the car and, and why radiologists get two views no uh, oh i'll tweet that out so it's it's a picture i'll tweet it out later it's, it's it's literally a picture of like prince one of the one of the british princes i don't know he's getting out of a car and from one angle, it looks like he's giving the middle finger. And then from the other angle, you see that he's waving. But he's, so uh, that's my favorite illustration of that. It's just it's not the, I honestly think it's like psychology where the, the human mind wants to fill in the blanks. And it's really easy to see what you want to see in these things. And, uh, you know, it's why it's important to kind of just have to have two views just for safety, because it's just something about the human mind sees this 2D image. And like you kind of imagine what it is in, in three dimensions. But your imagination is not that good it's just not that good it's bad. Yeah, yeah. um so um yeah but really i think your point about the palliative i i completely strongly agree and I, I will pick palliative, not so much res, regimens, but kind of volumes and beam arrangements based on the individual patient factors. And um, yeah, so don't don't do postage stamp. so the, the, I don't know if you use that term postage stamp fields. Don't do postage stamp fields for palliative because just don't get cute. and and that but but don't get cute. I, I, I think that's used derogatorily, in my opinion by, you know, certain kind of people who don't think palliative is worth your attention. I actually think the opposite. I think it's kind of one of the most challenging things we do. Um, but by don't get cute. I mean, don't just say, well, I'm always going to do four field or I'm always going to do this. It's just um, there's what it shows you in Eclipse, like you can make the perfect, most prettiest sort of Monte Carlo simulation of those pixels. But like you got to look at the patient and say, is this person going to be able to sit on the linac for you know a half hour? Why do all my 18 beams like uh, that is very, very, very important, um, even if it doesn't mean that you have the perfect simulation in your TPS. Um, And then, yeah, this kind of goes, so in the slide, it's it's more of, I guess this is what we've been talking about, is what type of IGRT do you order? So something that's very frustrating or interesting is now we can go to the NCCN guidelines, Mm -hmm. we can go to Econ, or we can go to everywhere, and and it will tell you, like, it's very cookbook. It's just like, all right, if the patient comes in with, like, this subdivision of this, like, genetic, uh, you know, mutation of this sort of cancer, this is the treatment you do. But what they hand wave is what kind of IGRT you do. And this is why, oh, so it goes back to, like, Mm -hmm. opinions about prostate stuff or so I have my way I like to do things Um, I in my opinion your IGRT uh choice is really influenced by what you do with this ct sim Um, and so it's kind of intent and then how you deal with it so like if you're going to do vmat um and you want to do like head neck you want to do three millimeter margins ptv margins you got to make sure that you uh, I don't know who's not doing it but you got to make sure you're doing like an aquaplast mask and you gotta consider if you want a shoulder mask and all these other things like neck extension, um, if you're gonna do something in the thorax, like uh, it, it's really, uh, it starts uh, at the at the top. And that's why I think it's probably not included is that there is debate over what is quote unquote right, but also there's a uh, wiggle room in the system. So I don't know if, if you have ever found anything that tells you what to order, if you just kind of like do it by gut feeling or.
1: Um, no, I mean, I, uh... I have not so I, I don't know that I've um, I don't know that I've been taught that explicitly uh, I would say that this comes mostly from um, the physics department or physics division in our department they had strong feelings about it where they actually didn't was actually with sarcoma and what was fascinating is um, I'm a big big fan of cone beam for extremity sarcoma because the soft tissue can roll over the bone so um, mm-hmm. the KV doesn't always make you make ensure that you're setting up correctly, but I've had multiple times that the therapist would say to me, like, I'd prefer to cone beam. Um, is it okay if we cone beam daily and then they would just change the order. And, and then the answer is yes. And I kind of started just ordering it for everyone when they would say that. Um, so, uh, I, I try to listen to feedback from, from both physics and therapy, um, because they're the ones that are delivering the plan. And, and so that's kind of where, where I got most of that from um with lung i was trained i guess you have lung as an example here i I was trained to use cone beam and and kv um so yeah yeah. do you do you cone beam and then also kv or do you just um
0: not routinely so i guess if it's a vmat definitive like stage three lung i will just do cone beams um I'm trying to think. There have definitely been instances where I've done other things, but yeah, my, my default, if we're talking about like 60 gray and two gray fractions, I will just do daily cone beams. so.
1: So I think I have an opportunity to like hone my practice as I start over in a new department. Um, I was always taught that the reason you do both is because like they'd cone beam and by the time you're like about to treat, I'm gonna step on your toes a little because I know this is coming, but the patient's- Oh, like do I have, have it in here? I, you've looked at the slides yeah. more than I have, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, so the time right so like they can like wiggle around or cough or move between the cone beam and treatment and so the kv is like a really fast check to make sure that that they're that they haven't moved right so that that's sort of what i was taught but i don't know if i believe that anymore so you i don't one, know. You know um
0: i maybe i do at the other so i actually did this in my department because i had that question so um on and and maybe this is later uh on average, like for a definitive lung, um, at least for the the couple of patients I was looking at, it ended up being like about six minutes to six to seven minutes from the time of cone beam acquisition to the last MU being delivered. However, there's a lot of variation within that. So like for one patient um it was uh there was a, it was a difficult setup date. he was on the table for a total of about 12 minutes from the time of Combeam CT to the end of mu so that's where and you get into the weeds about this and we'll pull physicists and stuff on here as time goes by but so um there are actually papers on this uh and about like specifically using backlocks and kind of the error reduction or the you know the um error is not the right word i can't remember um in terms of uh you know accuracy there's a great powerpoint i think from from an Anderson physicist, but basically, uh, I'll I'll find it. But uh, yeah, so like the uh, the using more immobilization reduces that kind of intra um, treatment uh, movement because that's what really this is all about. There's there's you got to be concerned about interfraction motion and intrafraction motion, and um, your choices about immobilization and imaging is really determined by both. And that's why for so for like pancreas SBRT, I like to do gated. Um, imaging. So like every 45 degrees on the arc, I will get imaging um, and and see. So there's a bunch of different ways.
1: Like advanced, right? That's like, you're getting like really advanced now with intro. uh,
0: Well, we'll talk about how a true beam can actually do fluoroscopy. So I like to do fluoro on my true beam for my pancreas SPRTs, but that's a
1: episode. No, but you were talking about, you were talking about triggered imaging during treatment, right? Yes, Yeah, Yeah, That's like even more even more advanced how, yeah, yeah that no was,
0: that's 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 something yeah. else but then i get but but these are all the options that people don't really know about or you know it's not talked about and i've seen it mentioned on student doctor a couple of times but um you know for what you're talking about is a great point for like long it so would you pause like halfway through like how when would you do the KVs?
1: no 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 so so the standard practice and like i'm open I, I actually would prefer to like hold this practice's feet to the fire i guess to, based on data is we do a beam and then KV and then treat I have never heard of that but that's probably my own ignorance um so it's I mean, that, that's how it was at both like that's where that's where I trained and how it is at, at WashU also see
0: this this is why I love the internet because I there's huge yeah. regional variations and practices and which I I don't think people really talk about as much but um so to me I actually uh so that's not what I do but what I would like to do a variation of that would be uh so I like two arc uh, VMAT plans for like definitive lung instead of like one 360, or you can do a couple different ways, but mm-hmm. if you're doing a, a, like two, two arcs for a VMAT, do a cone beam, do the first arc, do a KV in between and adjust as necessary, and then do the second arc. That would be my variation of that. If um, I felt like getting super fancy.
1: Oh, That would make me, that would, <laughs> that would make me crazy. Cause I would, I'd be, I'd worry then in the middle that you wouldn't real cause you're it's, you know, it's not a cone beam, it's a KV you right. know
0: it's a uh, damned if you do damned if you don't so it's yeah yeah that, it, it's it's variations of this the intra intra, and that's why i like um i still haven't figured out how to be able to sneak it into a capital budget but the, uh, that, the I, I'm, in
1: clinic right now, I'm in a clinic right now where they're where for sbrt they just beam. that's it once they cone beam once um to be that's fair right. the machine is very close to where i sit so i i'm there in 30 seconds and Oh, yeah. that's my routine. So I oh, that's a great point. Sorry, I keep forgetting this. Our
0: environments are very different. I sit like next to the machine, so yeah, I only cone beam once for my uh, SBRTs because I'm
1: I'm right there. So I just I'm there. Yeah. So there's actually data in that paper, I think, about the like tele SBRT coverage during COVID. Yeah. There's actually data that the time to coverage dropped quite a bit because you like answer the phone and you're right there. I
0: forgot Uh-oh. all. Yes. In the bigger departments, I forgot all about that, that that's an issue. Yeah. So in my department where it's very small, I'm like right there. I, but I, I know in bigger places, it's a problem. I would argue, you know, it makes no sense that we have like the physical presence is a very sort of antiquated thing. If you have the ability to just log in on your computer, I would argue very strongly that the ability to remote in immediately far surpasses you standing at the console because either way, the
1: patient is in the vault and you're outside. You know me like I like there's like like I can get distracted eight times on the way from my what office. I can't believe it <laughs> like I'll be yeah sometimes they'll text me again and, and yeah we actually have a rule that uh that they they'll have to recon beam if, if someone doesn't come you know fast enough which I think is a great rule I mean because I it, totally yeah. agree yeah. as you said there's there's like data about it, the, the longer time goes on the more they move around so I think it's, yeah, for me, it's, it's just, you know, it's all like, I don't know, I'm very practical about this. I just want to make sure I'm not missing. Right. <laughs> that's like. The, that is first principle.
0: You know? Like know what you're aiming yeah. at and don't miss. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. Those, are, yeah. those are, that's really our job in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, in my so humble opinion. So the other thing about deciding about what to order. Uh, so the, there's a trick I like that I, I learned at my clinic from other docs that I hadn't seen elsewhere. So I will um, for, um, like palliative cases where I don't want to do daily imaging first is it's a speed component where if the, I want to do it fast, I'm doing like, you know, 10 fractions or whatever, but I don't want to do daily. I will do uh, an IGRT like once every five fractions. So I will do like an MVMV. This is this, obviously, if you're only doing one or five fractions, this isn't necessarily like a, a thing that matters. But if you're ever doing like a 10, or I guess if I'm doing a 15, then I'm probably gonna do more frequent imaging. But for those 30 and 10 cases where you just wanna move fast, but you've got like, so I'll use 30 and 10 for giant fields. So if I'm doing like a giant field but the patient is in a lot of pain or there's a lot of issues, I will just uh, split the difference and I will do uh, like an MV once every five treatments. That's just something I, I so I talked to Evacor about this. So Evacor will deny daily. So if you have a bone met, you cannot order IGRT if the patient has a insurance uh, managed by Evacor. I've talked to them about this where like, I've ordered this, like it was 30 and 10. It was like a bone mat. It was, there's other ways around that, but it was before I, I, I kind of really zoned in and I, I told the guy on the phone, I'm like, look, I'm just, it's IGRT, Sure. But I'm only going to do like it in the middle, just to double check. Like, that's not reasonable to you. Cause Oh yeah, no, that is very reasonable. I'd never
1: considered that, yeah. but it's policy. I can't approve this. So it's like, okay. I've never had, so, so I know this is regional. Like I know that, that like different practices are not treated the same. Um, but I've never had this problem. And I I, da- I actually feel like everyone should be daily imaged. There's rare exceptions. I don't think it's, it's bad, right? So I, it's, the statement is not people who image once a week, it's unsafe or anything. But it just seems like these days, daily imaging is so in, in the workflow for most patients that it's like ridiculous to not do it. It's easy to do. It's not like it costs anything extra. And and you know the the radiation that comes from it is a drop in the bucket. It's I feel like that we should be able to just daily image. The the one place that I think it's not in my routine practice is is whole brain. Um, they'll image once a week, but that's like in a mask where you know that's it's. I just feel like I don't.
0: So um, it, it it can actually cost more to the to the patient. You can build so well seven seven something one four. I can't remember what it is right now. It is bundled uh, for VMAT. Uh, you can and we'll have to double check me on this. There are places, yeah. You can definitely bill daily for imaging if it's not Vmat or IMRT. So it does cost more.
1: That's okay. So that's fair.
0: Um, I mean, but this is like- yeah. They bury this because, like, so so for you, like being at giant institutions, this is like hidden behind like a lot of layers. Like, yeah. so but for me, um, I, I see this a lot. So, but I, cause I strongly agree with you. And this is what I know there was components about APM that people liked. And, and I, like, if I had my way, I totally agree. I would come beam everything all the time. I just think it's safer and better.
1: Um but even, but- KB, even just KV, I mean, I think, yeah. or M D. Like, I think that, you know, it, it's funny if you look at these old like safety papers from like the nineties and eighties, the kinds of errors that would happen, you know they, they can't happen if you image daily, right? And so I just don't, I don't understand why, you know, the, maybe it costs more. Um, I, I would argue, it, I would be surprised if it costs the patient more because all these treatments are, over. Well,
0: there's you know, charge and reimbursement and out of pocket. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I do I think,
1: need- that, I think that, um, that it's it's money well spent i mean i i just it's weird to me to block it although it's not like they don't do anything else that's weird and horrible so
0: they they do um so this is kind of the one last thing i do feel like i don't know maybe my practice is just too small for them to take notice of because i actually don't get a lot of pushback these days on most things um but the one thing that they still will not do is uh yeah i I, so um i don't want to give away like state secrets but um, so you know there there's a way to actually do 3D uh, through Evacore, which you know they define as merely generating and evaluating a DVH, which is a crazy sort of line in the sand for them to draw, which we can talk about. But um, yeah. the only time I get routinely denied for IGRT is uh, if it's bone Mets. Everything else like is fine, but bone Mets is where I get routinely
1: denied by insurance. Um, no Wait, so uh, so concerned. are you still allowed to shoot a portal image then?
0: Uh, or- not. Daily, I don't think. Feel so um, like
1: you literally set them up to the skin and treat. That's what they want you to do. So Avacor
0: defines 3D conformal radiation therapy as generating and evaluating a dvh so there's a lot of rumors out yeah. there and this actually came from a certain place but so people seem to think that if you contour like three structures like that's what you need to have to build for 3d that's not true like it's literally just um generating and evaluating a dvh which every treatment planning software system on the planet right now does automatically yeah. so they want you to build complex isodose which with modern treatment technology is actually not a thing we can do so that's you know technically not a thing but so Evacore managed uh, payers will only uh, reimburse for complex isodose uh, uh, for bone mats. This is a whole whole other thing. But,
1: I mean, you don't get the imaging. I was just looking at the exception because I feel like you could make number one as an argument. for. Like- so this is just a, a particular policy.
0: So, um, you, yeah. so you're right. It, and that's why it's hard to make the general statement. You're absolutely correct, where it depends on the uh, institution itself, the region of the country, and the insurance that the the patient has because like so med, if they have pure medicare it doesn't really like there's that's kind of very different but um you know what uh so like a, a medicare advantage plan usually so like at my local medicare advantage plan or there's several of them you know but like there's one in particular that my patients have that's managed by evicor um and so Evacore is kind of taking over our space a lot um but really it's really so that's why if you're like or yeah if matt and i kind of have different things approved or denied or you talk to a friend like who says something different uh the regionality of it is huge um and you know it's it's really i don't know it's very confusing honestly yeah. obviously but, um, but yeah it's mostly so in terms of choosing igrt like things to consider just you know there's the insurance aspect of it too but uh really speed how you know um tight are you getting with with your volumes and stuff but and then for just miscellaneous things um you know you actually mentioned it earlier is like what's your match priority so uh do you want to like match to the tumor or do you want to match to like bone i always so the tumor is very tricky uh you know depending on the quality i think you had access to mri linux which i've never had so i always what i I shouldn't say always but i usually will have my therapist first align to bone and then check to make that it makes sense and then try to align to the tumor secondarily and, and by bone i mean things that don't move so spine uh iliac crests those sorts of things not ribs or anything like that that's usually my general practice is start with a stable bone and then uh look and zone in on the tumor i don't know if you have like a, a sequence like that
1: um it depends it depends what we're treating it, it depends right yeah yeah we uh align the tumor is typically what i'll what i'll ask for um um, you but you know what's funny is like, uh, like I'm gonna have to redo this basically in my new job because there was so much of um where I was that was kind of already already set, right? And so, if I treat along, there's like unwritten rules about how those things are supposed to be set up that came from the chief of service and how they've been doing it for years, and I had to kind of adapt to that um versus me setting my own my own thing. So. Right. But I would generally have them if it's a tumor that's visible. I would generally have them align to tumor first, and then and then go from there. I think if you're doing Kung Fu. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I think the real message is there's no wrong way. It's I feel like it's really dogmatic in a lot of places where they're like you have to do it this way or it's wrong, and that's just not true. Like it, it there's a logic to it, but you're going to get
1: yourself in trouble in medicine, right? It's like yeah, yeah. But yeah. the most
0: important thing is conform, conform yeah. to your department first. And then practice medicine no i'm just kidding so um but for the uh, the other one for automatic image registration i, I only know how aria kind of handles this so with the roi box just pay attention i've seen people just like not know where the box is and, and just like try to align to you know space and time i don't know but so just make sure that not it's and don't make it super tight like uh give at least a centimeter or two on either end um and you know it really depends uh, if you because some software when you change the window the roi box responds to what the window is doing versus like a ground truth sort of thing so know what your software is doing i so you mentioned it earlier and i do the same thing i will just grab my physicist and be like let's go do stuff and then i will just ask my physicist just like uh is this right because that's that's their job like they're better at that than me. so um thanks for listening to this episode of out of the basement You can claim CME for this and any other episode by following the link in the show notes. You can find me on Twitter with at DrBecta or visit www.beckta.md.com. If you like this content, please let us know by rating and following us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If there's any topic you want to hear covered or if you want to come on and talk about something yourself, reach out and let us know and we will make it happen. Otherwise...